welcome to episode 65 of the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Vincent Van Patten, and I am joined today by a special guest. This is Sarah Burdick, and I am meeting her for the first time. So we're just going to dive right into it. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure. <laughs> my, my first podcast ever, so bear with me too. Awesome. We're going to break some ground here today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so for I those apologize you... if you have noise because I live in the country and there's cows and stuff. So that is all part of it. We encourage it. So yeah, if you're, if you're just listening, I'm looking at this video right now. And why don't you just tell us where you are? Because behind you is just an absolutely beautiful valley with lush green mountains. <laughs> I am currently in Colombia. I live in the state or like province state, I'm not sure, of Antioquia, which is where Medellin is, which most people know. But I live in a tiny town four hours outside of Medellin called San Carlos. It's like a teeny tiny little pueblo. And I live in the mountains, kind of about 20 minutes, like on the moto from the main town. So I live gotcha. on top of a mountain and yeah. That's it. Rivers are below. If you, I don't know if you can, you probably can't hear them, but you can hear them. <laughs> that is so cool. So, I mean, yeah, I want to dive into the whole story, how you ended up there. <laughs> I guess we should maybe tell the uh, listeners just kind of who you are, how I found you. So you are a writer on medium.com, um, the writing platform we both write for. And that's how I found you. I read a few of your stories just about getting off the grid, your kind of lifestyle changes, which we'll definitely get into of really looking for what lights lights you up so i mean the, the essence of the show is finding what lights your soul on fire and it seems like you are really in pursuit of that and it's so awesome and i immediately connected with with your stories and just you know the adventure that you're on because i i'm going through something quite similar and trying to figure out what next steps to take with my life so i'm very curious to hear all about it Ooh, I love it. You're already on <laughs> your first step because you have a podcast, which is like one step closer to nomadism. <laughs> so for sure. No, it's like me and me and Greg, we both we left our jobs at the beginning of the pandemic to kind of go into these um, creative pursuits. And it's pretty funny. We like keep questioning, like, you know, what are we supposed to be doing? What like what is the correct path? And then like my mom's like, you're stop worrying about it. You're you're on it. Just the fact that you are already embarking on just the the, the quest to know is like that's all part of the journey too yeah it's literally is like starting to ask questions and be like wow do i do i really want to work in a nine to five normal stable or for me like a seven to seven job every mm -hmm. day and i used to oh, uh, let me tell you okay first of all yeah <laughs> let's, like let's start from the top bit. let's start from the Sorry. top <laughs> No I'm very good at like the middle part. Um, <laughs> oh my it. gosh, where do I start? So I'm actually, so yeah, you found me on Medium. I randomly started writing because my, a friend of mine told me I've had blogs in the past and I've always, I've kind of exact, how old are you? You're young. You're 26. 20. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. So <laughs> when I was around that, <laughs> that age, I kind of started thinking about what do I want to do with my life? But I never actually made any changes and I just kept working and kept working. And then 10 years later, I'm sitting at, I'm, so my background is I'm a nurse. I'm a ICU nurse and I was an ICU nurse for 16, 16 years. 
I believe. And mm -hmm. I was working in California. I actually lived in Los Angeles for 15 years of oh, my right. whole nursing career. Yeah, I worked at UCLA and Cedar Sinai. So. I know well. That's, I'm from Los <laughs> yeah. Angeles. So. Oh, you are? Oh, yep. you are. I'm from Malibu. Grew up in Malibu, okay. but yeah, I lived in West LA after college. So I know right by UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived yeah. in Soro. I lived in downtown. I lived in Pasadena. I lived like there we everywhere. Go. That's the true oh Los God. Angelian living all yes. over the map. Yes, I was like a nomad <laughs> in LA before I knew I wanted to be a nomad. Well, I guess I kind of always knew. <laughs> but so yeah, I worked in, I was at, at Cedar Sinai for about 15, no, Oh my God, it's 10 years maybe. And then I was also at UCLA. The thing about nurses is we always have two jobs. We always mm -hmm. have a plan A, plan B, and a plan C. Because as a nurse in LA, you can work everywhere. I worked at surgical clinics on Rodeo Drive. I've worked at like the best hospitals I could. And then I was, but I was never happy. And I, I just knew like, kind of yeah when I was your age I started questioning I was like what is my life about and what do I want to do so I thought maybe I want to go back to school get my master's become a CRNA and it was always about making more money I always wanted to make as much money as possible and you know living in LA is very expensive but I was single I had boyfriends but I never felt it was just never clicked for me so I kept going down this this journey and then one day I met a friend through a friend through my ex-boyfriend actually and we broke up and she broke up and I met her and she took me on this like spiritual journey for like two years and she's like what do you really want to do with your life and I go I want to quit and just travel the world so she actually literally got me to the point of quitting my job well she didn't get me there she just helped me to realize what's the worst that could happen and the worst that could happen is I would have to go back to work which I've already been doing for 15 years so so the worst that could happen is that I would have to go back to the exact same situation that I was already in, which wasn't so bad. I was making good money. And um, so I was like, sure, F it. I actually got a part a job working online for two years. I worked online while I traveled and kind of did the nomad thing. And then the pandemic, kind of like you, I got laid off. Mm -hmm. And then I started writing on Medium because I was like, well, <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? Like my stories suck and I'm the worst writer in the world. But apparently a lot of people connected to them, which is, I'm always surprised that happens. <laughs> oh, yes. Aries, venga, venga. This is unreal. This He's butterflies like, flying around, crazy. the dog barking. <laughs> people walking up the street. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, my life no, is, is kind of crazy. Part of this is amazing. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. So where I live is literally like it's it's in, in the rural of mountains of Colombia. So people walk to work and you might see a horse go by, which would not be surprising because <laughs> earlier people were picking lemons in my lemon tree. I was not very happy about that. So anyways, wow. I digress. <laughs> but so I just thought there had to be more to life and when you, the hardest part and actually how you, what you're doing with your podcast, I think I really was drawn to your page as well is because at work, I used to always talk to my patients. Actually, my favorite part about being a nurse is talking to patients because if you can decrease so much stress with talking to them and hearing their story, they, I, my patients always got better faster and no one understood why. And I said, I'd listen to people. 
and for a long time I was dating this guy and he actually bought me a podcast mic because he wanted me to start a podcast and I was like I'm not gonna do that I have nothing to say (laughs) like I have nothing to say to anybody because I don't like to give advice Mm -hmm. but I like to hear your stories so I like to hear why, why you want to, why, like, what is going through your head at this moment? And what is that next step? It's almost like there's this bridge and you're afraid to get over it. Like, why are you afraid? So that's where I like to kind of hang out in. And that's kind of what my writing is about. So like you talking about dreams is the first step to jumping over that bridge for me. It's like, are you actually going to do it? Are you looking down at the water and what's the worst that's going to happen? Well, if you die, you die. <laughs> you don't remember it. But if you don't die, you might end up somewhere like this and be like, I don't really know how that happened. It's just, I just kept going forward. I just kept being curious about what could happen. Mm-hmm. So, and I ended up here because I, I got stuck in Argentina during the pandemic and to come home, I lost my job. And to go back home was going to cost me about $5,000 on a one-way ticket. And I have to go to the U.S. Embassy. So I was like, oh, you know what? I don't really want to go back to work. If I go home, I'm going to stay with my family. And I love my family. But I don't really I don't really want to live with them because <laughs> I'm a grown person. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. So I thought I'll just stay in Argentina. And then when the, when the pandemic was over, not over, but when it allowed me to leave Argentina, I went to visit my family. And then I was like, you know what? I just love Colombia so much. I want to learn Spanish. And I did another, what's worse that's going to happen? Because I didn't have a job, kind of like what you're doing. I didn't have a job to, but I do have, I can rely on my nursing career. So for me, it's like, it's my plan. It's my backup plan. But I just thought I want to learn Spanish. So I came to the Spanish school in San Carlos and I met a guy. So that's why I'm still here. There we so go. That's, that's the juicy. real why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so which you might, he might randomly show up. But yeah, so that's kind of why, how I'm still in this place and not really being a nomad at this moment, but instead working on creating something new, which I have no idea, to be honest, what I'm creating right now but it's all work in process. Absolutely. That is so cool. And the theme that keeps coming up is just what's the worst that could happen. And I feel like, you know, we, we get so caught up in that question of just fearing the worst. We immediately, you know, are drawn to the worst thing that can happen and feel like even just changing our lifestyle and um, just being uncomfortable is worse than being in this semi-comfortable state that we might be in now not really fulfilled, but not, it's not bad enough to leave. I'm sure that's kind of what you were feeling for a while. Um, it's what many of us are feeling, but a lot of us don't have the, the inspiration, the courage to, to cross that bridge and actually say, what's the worst that could happen? I'm going to go, I'm either going to be in a new situation where I'm going to maybe learn something, or I'm just gonna be right back where I already am. Um, but a lot of us are afraid to take that leap. So that is so cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, so that's like kind of that. Sorry. I'm like, this is why I'm such a better writer. I can edit. <laughs> that process. I, um, when I used to talk to my patients, I would always ask them and I like how I got really famous, not famous. My blog took off is I wrote an article that went like, I don't even know if it went viral, but it has like 40,000. I've almost made $2,000 on one article basically. So, but it was about regret because I'm obsessed with regret and death, which sounds weird, but I think it's almost like, and I kind of 
like the stoicism philosophy also of like you think about death every day and if you think about like the end of your life what are you going to look back and regret so I started when I started thinking about what am I going to regret in my life I started asking my patients because that's I don't have any knowledge except for my own knowledge, but I like to take from other people, kind of like what you're doing with your podcast. You're like, Ooh, what, can, what little gem can this person tell me and that? And you're collecting data, basically. You're like a scientist, you're collecting data. And I would do that with my patients. I would say to someone who is dying or who was terminally ill, and no matter what age, I would say, so what do you regret if you did not do it? Or what do you regret at the end of your life? And they all, it all had to do with things that they didn't do. And I had a few interesting answers, but it always had to do with, I regret not taking that trip. I regret staying in a job that I hated. I regret staying. It was always like that, that leap that they were afraid and they, they regretted being afraid to take that leap. And I thought at the end of my life, I don't want to look back and think I was afraid. I was so afraid that I didn't do anything. I would rather look back and be like, oh my God, I was crazy, but look at all the adventures <laughs> I had. And that's kind of how my life has turned out. Like, I mean, I'm dating a guy who barely speaks English, but we have a connection. <laughs> it's so weird. But my Spanish is improving. However, I would rather, it's almost like when I was going to leave, it's like, do I want to leave and regret leaving or do I want to see what happens? And it's kind of like one of those things It's always, you're always going to have like a push and pull in life. And I noticed that with my patients, it's like, well, I love my family, but I wish I did this, or I love this, but I wish I did this. So it's like, well, can I have both? It's almost like seeing if you can have both. Like my family is amazing. I see them more now that I don't live in the U S than I ha ever did when I had a full-time job, to be honest, mm -hmm. I spend a month with each of my siblings every year. And they're like, <laughs> they think it's, they're like, it's great. We see you more now than you did when you lived in the Cal in California. Wow. So I think it's really, yeah, I think so like thinking about regrets that I don't want to have and kind of living my life backwards is kind of how, how I do my life actually. And what do I want to do? That is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to talk about Greg as if he's here, but he's not, but we were super yeah. into the stoicism and stoic philosophy, memento mori, um, just ah. you know, meditating mm -hmm. on your own death. And that it we're both scared shitless of that as well like being at the end of our life and being like what could i have done if i took that chance and actually went for the dream and it's crazy right. to think about it's because that's the number one regret we have is just the they're like i mean it's such an insight that from you being a nurse that you could actually talk to these people and, and ask them and man what it's it's truly sad people looking back in their lives and say i wish wish i'd Ask that girl out. I wish I took that job. Yes. I quit that job. Wish I traveled more. It's like we got one life to live, and fear holds us back quite a bit. Yeah. I heard like a friend of mine said recently, I was talking to her about fear. And so I'm in the midst of moving to another country as well. It's a, it's been quite the journey, and I'll tell you more about it. But she said, um, fear kills more dreams than failure ever could. Like, did you just come mm -hmm. up with that yourself? That is a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true. Like you fail, you fail, but at least you'll, at least you tried. And just right. the feeling of never knowing what could have been is just devastating. And that's what I truly fear. I fear that more than anything else. 
Well, and that's what most people do. Have you seen the movie? I know it's so cheesy, but Yes Man by Jim Carrey. I have not. I've heard it's good. You should watch it. I should watch it. <laughs> it's, should well, watch. it's good because exactly what you just said is what he does because he's so afraid. This movie is really old too. I'm, yeah, it's old. But he's so afraid to do anything different in his life that he says no to everything. Like he has all these friends and then he had this dream that he was dead and no one knew he was dead for like a month because he never saw anybody he never did anything so he started saying yes to everything which i don't think you should say yes to everything i think we have discernment and mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna go <laughs> and jump out of an airplane because i'm afraid but <laughs> that's a different story so i think there's some things that are okay to be afraid of but there are some things that are just our mind holding us back and and he started saying yes and his life completely changed and he got into a cult he, he kind of did some crazy stuff but the point behind it was start saying yes i also think saying no to this as well is just as important as saying yes to things but kind of take into consideration what you're saying yes to and for and what you're saying no to and for and how how you can have like find a medium ground on not failing but like for me, I wish I started a podcast when this guy told me it was before podcasts <laughs> are popular, like it was like eight years ago. And I'm like, and it's just about start. And if I did fail, who cares? Because it's that experience that you have while failing. So you never mm -hmm. fail. You only fail when you are like at the end of your life and you're saying, what if to every single thing? Because mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you moving to a different country? Your friend moving? So I am moving. Yeah. I've been, I've been <laughs> no. wanting, yeah, I've been uh, trying to move pretty much the last like two years. It's kind of my dream to move to Japan. And um, it's just mm -hmm. been a tough one <laughs> with the whole COVID thing. And just been kind of navigating yeah. that for the last couple of years trying to figure it out. But like, I, I think I'm actually, uh, it's quite up in the air, but hopefully i'll move to japan i move to japan by the end of the year to teach english and oh, in the meantime I was, gonna, I was gonna say teach english yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's it just sounds like a great option would definitely just help with everything but might actually move to europe and kind of just like work at hostels live at hostels and teach english online and just write and do the podcast and travel until then so it's we will see what happens <laughs> i think that is an amazing idea so are you, did you get your TEFL certification or do you want to do like an immersion certification? I got my TESOL, T-E, I think oh, it's Oh, TESOL, all, okay, so yeah. yeah. It's all kind of the It's same. like, they're all the same. Yeah. yeah, they don't care. I started, it's like, they're like, as long as you have something to prove that you can teach or not, even, I kind of did it. So Japan just had a really bad earthquake. Did you see that? No. Japan has earthquakes. It's like oh, Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I had three when I was there. I was like, what is this? Dang. How recent? Like just, yeah. just now? Like recently? Um, I was watching. Do you watch the guy? His name is Abroad in Japan on YouTube. Yeah, English dude? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He just had it on his channel this morning. And I was like, whoa, so oh, many more. I'm like, okay, yeah. Dang. But see, like, but yeah, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you shouldn't go there. But exactly. No, I was about to gonna, say that. Yeah. yeah, who cares? Yeah. Like, I'm like telling you this just so you're aware. Because when I went, I had no idea. I was like, I was like, and then I was like, ah, oh, whatever. We have earthquakes here. We had one the other day. I mean, we're, I just happened to see his thing this morning. <laughs> we're in like, California oh, expecting like a 15 magnitude earthquake. So I think no. wherever you are, there's going to be you, I know. not safe anywhere. Is, no, 
is safety what we want? You know, that's another great yeah. question. Are you really living or are you trying to be safe? That That is a, yeah. Because, you know, so one thing about, no one, no one can understand me anyways here. One <laughs> thing about living in Colombia is that everyone's always afraid of being safe, mm-hmm. which I feel 100% safe. But I also was talking to my boyfriend's mother the other day. And she says a lot of people here, like gringos, like me, feel safe because we don't know the history. So it's kind of like um, we don't know what it was like when a certain person was in power and he was killing people on the streets. So we feel safe because we weren't here then. And I said, well, yeah, but I also don't want to live my life in fear. And I'm thinking about buying a bicycle and I have a little knife. And my boyfriend said, carry your knife when you ride your bike. And I was like, well, are you kidding? And he's like, no, because they always see it more than we do. But mm-hmm. I, I've traveled all over the world. I mean, I went from Japan. Japan is the safest country in the world, by the yeah. way. Uh, <laughs> it no, was like, you can leave. <laughs> it's like insane. You can sleep you in can a train leave. and make you feel really like home. You really can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool that, yeah, you want to go to Japan. Do you want to go to Tokyo? I'm thinking Osaka. Or do you want to go to like, oh, okay. I didn't go there. I went to... I only went to two places because I didn't buy. So one thing I do is I don't always plan. I just got a cheap ticket and I went. And I was like, oh my oh, gosh, this place is expensive. Yeah. No, I, was I paid eating, for cheap, uh, but I was there. But they pay English teachers really well in Japan. Yeah. You know, I mean, young, single person, eat at 7-Eleven, you know, get the owner of the rice balls. Oh, <laughs> I'll be oh sick. Oh my God. Eating at 7-Eleven is like, I did that it's for two months. Two months. I love Japan. Actually, I really like Japan. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh man, you're making me jealous. <laughs> so let's speak to my next question here. So have you always been like a very adventurous person and kind of about traveling throughout your life, or is this kind of a new kind of res- know, a resurgence, but a new a new personality? Is it or is this kind of who you um, are? That's a great question because I've never thought about it. I so I grew up very typical U.S. American like I didn't even get my passport till I was 25 so (laughs) I thought why would I leave I was a typical like very sheltered when I was growing up and I thought why would I leave the U.S. because we have everything we need here and sometimes I think the life I'm living like my family thinks I'm crazy not my like siblings but my extended family thinks I'm crazy and they when we were growing up they said why do you would you leave and they were the typical, very, very, um, yeah, I don't talk about it, but they were very <laughs> like, they just want to keep you sheltered. They don't, they want to have you to leave. But the thing was, is my parents were very different. They wanted us to see the world and they wanted us to get out of where I grew up in Kentucky. And they, my dad always said, you will never, you will not stay here no matter what happens. And they died really young. But I still remember like that they wanted us to be more than what their family encouraged them to be. Like they wanted to stay home, have a family and have the typical normal thing. So my parents actually traveled all around the U.S. Like my dad, I think, went to every state before he was like 25. So he was kind of nomadic. And this is before like traveling worldwide nomadic in like the 70s. So he always had like an adventure spirit. And my mom had an adventure spirit. And I think I just kind of inherited it, but I didn't realize it because <laughs> I went the tip traditional, got a job and went right into workforce because I was so afraid of not having money because I grew up really poor. And it's funny because 
when I was living in, in LA, I was making almost, I was making six figures for like the past five years of my last time living there. And then now I joke with my family. I'm like, I barely can, I survive off less than $500 a month, maybe 200 ish with me and my boyfriend, maybe 300. And I laugh at my family and I'm like, I make as little as I've ever made in my entire life. And I'm way happier than I've ever been. So it's just, so I think it comes, I think I was adventurous by birth. Yes. <laughs> to answer your question, <laughs> but I was afraid to be adventurous mm-hmm. because my family kept my mind closed and they didn't want us to leave. They didn't want us to see the world. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that's this. So this is, I'm going to read a quote from one of your articles. It kind of feeds into this. <laughs> We put others before us and we allow others to influence us so much that we lose track of our own lives. At least I do. Instead, we think this is what I should do because everyone else is doing it. This is bullshit. It leads to unhappiness and depression. I know I was there for so long. I would wonder why doing what I was supposed to be doing and working a job, making good money, doing all the things that society tells us. I was miserable miserable because I was not living in my truth. I wrote that. You wrote that. <laughs> that is powerful. Yeah. I, yeah, that was pretty much my life for the first 38 years, actually, of my life. Yeah. It's I crazy. Was, it's, I mean, I mean, it's amazing that you had the change of heart and are living your truth and at least like going for it. But just, you know, it's tough for people my age in the 20s and, and 30s and for, like obviously forever, just figuring out when is when enough is enough that I need to start focusing on what would make me truly happy instead of focusing on what's supposed to make me happy or what I should be doing. And the money thing is obviously a huge part of it. We, we think we're supposed to, you know, be making money and in our, in our twenties going into careers that are making us the most money. And so we could, you know, look like we're climbing the social ladder and we're making it, but I'm just trying to figure out myself, like what, what does it, what does it mean? I don't know. You know, do you know what makes you happy? So I am in the process of figuring it out. You know, writing has been uh, my kind of the, the central cog that kind of everything else spins around. And I'm, I don't know if I feel the same way, but like, no matter what happens in life, I could always write about it. And that does bring me sincere joy and happiness and traveling for sure is what makes me really happy. Just exploring a new culture and just getting out of my comfort zone and creating. And that is uh, what I'm realizing is bringing me more happiness than anything else, but how to make money out of it is that it's a tough dichotomy, I guess, of like, what should I be doing to make money? Or should I be pursuing these creative endeavors, even though I'm not really making any money out of them yet. Um, And I've realized that the money will come, you know, I'm doing this because Mm -hmm definitely love it and if it's meant to be it'll happen but yeah I, I know that it's not money's not really what I'm after at this point like I that's why I see you and very inspired by what you're doing and um like what I'd rather just have a fulfilling life and get by and just enjoy wherever I am and live simply than strive for money and traditional success at this point and I don't know how things will change but kind of where I'm at so that's why I'm getting more comfortable with like not being so 
I kind of just want to simplify, like less things, kind of just have a backpack or just because I'm young and want to do this, but I kind of just want to have a backpack and just get out there. And that, that does make me happy. Yeah, because you're just, you want to explore. Yes. You just want to see what, what you can do. And if that's what makes you happy, then that's what makes you happy. That's what makes you happy. The thing about money is, is I saved a lot before I traveled. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm not completely destitute, but I also haven't touched any of it. Like mm-hmm. I have almost the exact amount now that I did when I started traveling, which is, I have no idea. So I am like the fir- a firm believer in when you are aligned in what you your heart is telling you to do, the universe will just align. And I know that sounds like some like hippie, like woo woo BS, but I only say that because it happened to me. Like every time I'm like, wow, I really want to do this. Some, a door opened up, but you have to be like, you have this opportunity to go to go teach in Japan. And if you're like, wow, that's what I'm going to do. And look, everything is kind of aligning up because the universe is like, hey, we're giving you, this is what you want to do. And, and one day you'll be like, wow, how did that happen? And I have enough money and I can eat and I'm not eating at 7-Elevens every day, <laughs> even though it's really good. And it'll just happen. And you'll be like, I have no idea how that happened. It just did. So I think a lot of it is like planning, but not planning, which is kind of, it's like planning worst case scenario, but you never know what the really is really going to happen because- mm. You can't plan for everything. You can plan a little bit, but you really can't. And also money right now in the world is kind of crazy. Who knows what's going to happen with money? Even maybe it will, you go into teach English and then maybe they're going to feed you there. So you won't have to worry about buying anything. And then you're like, wow, I don't actually even spend that much money. And once you leave the US, it's cheaper, no matter what, no matter yeah. where you go. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> even Japan it's expensive but it's not that expensive it's not like the U.S. you don't have to buy have all these things and like once you leave the U.S. the pressure of all this external force goes away I don't know it's just something happened there's a shift that happens once you've made a decision and you've left like the capitalist mindset behind it just changes if you want to live out of your backpack and go travel across Japan bring your mic and bring a video and just record. And I guarantee you that something is going to happen. Somebody's like, Oh, well, this, this will happen. This will happen. Maybe you'll meet the guy abroad in Japan and you'll interview him. You know what I mean? You never know what's going to happen. So that's how I think of life. It's like, wow, what is going to happen? I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen, but you have to just take the leap of faith. (laughs) So, And like, it's really is leaving the things behind. It's getting rid of the things in your mindset. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think like a great way to think about it and what me and Greg kind of um, focus on, I guess, is like aim at something. So like you yes. have an idea. So you can't be yes. just like a leaf floating in the wind and like no. anything can happen to me. Aim at no. something that like do the work mm-hmm. to figure out what might make you truly happy. And this will be my next question, but aim that thing and then just let the journey kind of take you there. So have a direction and then- yes work backwards exactly (laughs) that's like the best thing to do is work backwards really is know Mm. what you want like me i only knew that i wanted to travel that was it so i 
didn't really, I knew I wanted to be nomadic and I wanted to work online because I was stressed about money. Like my whole thing was making money because I grew up so poor that sometimes I didn't know if we were going to have money. So I worked backwards. I thought, okay, if I get a job online, I buy a plane ticket. And then I just slowly funneled into what happened. And now I don't even have a job. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, I have a, I'm writing and I'm making money, but I don't, because slowly things will start to fall off, the things that don't matter and you'll figure your way out. But you have to have an, a main goal. You have to have, I'm going to Japan, I'm going to teach English. And then whatever happens in between happens. It yeah. just falls. You have to have a goal. I agree. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. Just a direction of like, you're in a compass. Like, so exactly. most people like my age who, and this is the thing we kind of get caught up on and like how to, how to help people going through the same thing of even figuring out what your passions might be. And this is what I want to ask you. Like, what was the first kind of moments and steps that you took to, to make a change and do the work on yourself to figure out what you wanted to do? Um, I was, oh, oh man. <laughs> so first of all, I want to say that I think one thing about your 20s that no one talks about is it should be a time for exploring. I think the 20s should not be a time for going into your job and knowing exactly what you want to do for the next 40 years. I think your 20s should be, I want to go travel the world and do whatever because Europe does that. Every country in the world does that except for the U.S. Everyone I've met is in their 20s like, I don't know what I want to do. And then you go to the U.S. like you, you're like, oh my God, I should have a career. I should have all these things. It's just our mindset. It's just the U.S. I'm telling you, I'm convinced. So, sorry, the question was. How, oh what was like the first kind of steps oh. you took to do the personal work to realize what you, what you uh, might really want to do with your life? Big question. I still don't know what I want to do with my life. Right. I always say, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. But I started because I was so unhappy. So mine started from a place of misery like I was drinking way too much because I used to drink so much and I was depressed and I knew I didn't want to have kids and I didn't want to have the traditional family but I was afraid to admit it to anybody even myself so I was really I wasn't like I guess maybe clinically depressed but I wasn't like I was going to therapy but they weren't helping and then it really started when I started I took a trip to uh I started going to a shaman and I went to India and I met new friends and these friends started, were thinking how I used to, I thought, but I thought I was kind of weird because I thought anything is possible, but then real world tells you nothing is possible. You need to do this, this, and this, and you're too old. You're too this. So I was coming from a place of like really being depressed is how I started. I thought, well, nothing, it can't get any worse. I mean, it can. The only thing that can get worse is that I might die. So I was like, well, what am I, if I stay here, I used to tell my, my friends, if I stay in this job that I'm so miserable at, like, I don't hate, I didn't hate nursing. I just hated the structure and I hated how it made me feel. And I thought if I stay here, I'm going to get a disease and die because I'm so unhappy on the inside, but I have to admit that to myself before I can even think to get help. So then I, then as soon as I thought that, what am I going to do with my life? I need, I need to figure it out. Someone came into my life who was like, oh, I will help you. And it was like the most random thing. And I was like, what do I have to lose? A few thousand dollars. So I did it. And at that time I had, I was making enough money. I was like, oh, sure, whatever. And uh, so I started going down this like path of like healing from the inside out. And then, I don't know, eight years later, 
Yeah, she like really changed my life, the person that I went to, because she introduced me to a new way of thinking. And then I stopped drinking and then I started traveling and then it just all kind of fell into place. But it was from a place of sadness. What was the new way of thinking? That I don't have to live in fear anymore and I don't have to rely, hola, I don't have to, yeah, I, I don't have to do what everyone else is doing because it's, I'm not like everybody else. Like, and then I started getting obsessed with travel blogs and I just knew that my heart was nomadic. Like my parents were nomadic for a long time before I was born and that I was meant, born to be different, not different, but I was born, I wasn't born to have the traditional life that my sisters have or my brother has. And I always felt like the outsider. So I knew that this new thinking was, well, who you are on the inside is not a bad person. Cause I was always pushing against the grain. Like I, I would be encouraging other nurses to pursue their dreams, but I wasn't pursuing mine. So I was like helping them, but I wasn't doing it for myself. And I was like, well, screw that. I'm going to start doing what I want to do with my life. And I started, I moved, I sold all my stuff and I lived in my car for a few months and then, then I quit. <laughs> I just sold. Once you sell all your stuff also, and you have nothing left. It's really freeing to realize that you can do anything when you have nothing. But yeah. That is awesome. I don't know. That's that's great. I got to bring up this quote. Let me see here. Give me one sec. J.K. Rowling. I was set free because my greatest fear had been realized. I still had a daughter who I adored and I had an old typewriter and a big idea. And so rock bottom became a solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Yeah, that's exactly. And a lot of people talk about rock bottom because rock bottom is never what you think of rock bottom. Like your rock bottom might be you're depressed and you don't know what to do. And another person's rock bottom is I'm living in my car and I'm on drugs. So like everyone's rock bottom is different. Mine was I was miserable going to work and I thought, what can get worse? This is, I'm at the worst I can. I mean, I had a good job. I had a good family, but that was my rock bottom because I was like, well, if I stay here, I'm going to die because I'm just miserable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no true. No, I I know I I've not hit rock bottom. Far from it. <laughs> so don't, blessed. Don't, don't wait to hit rock bottom. No, no, wait. That's a good point as well. Yeah. You don't have to wait to hit rock bottom to start going up. No, I think that I think for I think that it's never too late. Oh my god, I turn I, I feel like I'm my boyfriend is 10 years younger than me, so I'm always feeling so old. <laughs> so but uh I always feel that like when I see young like people in their 20s, like staying in hostels, like I absolutely love it. And I'm like, what do you want to do? Or what are you doing with your life? And they're so cool because they're like, I'm just trying to figure it out. And I'm like, that's the best thing to do in your life at this moment is to just figure it out. And then you meet people who are, I'm following a girl on YouTube. She's in her 60s and she's just figuring it out in her life. And I'm like, that's exactly what life is, is figuring it out because 
we have no idea. Like you have no idea if there's another life after this, or if you're going to come back and be more enlightened or come back as a dog. I mean, this is the only life. So why like waste it? I guess figuring sure. it out is our purpose in life. I think is to figure out what you're, what we're here for. What do you want to learn? And then when you figure it out, I think you die. I don't know. Maybe not. Something like that. <laughs> No, I think I love like the place that you're at because I just see like you have so much potential and you're just like, you're like bursting at the seams and I'm like, just go. <laughs> I wish uh, this was a writing. I want to like shake myself sometimes and be like, just do it. Seriously. Yeah. No, I totally, I appreciate that. And I agree 100%. It's like, if you don't want to figure out, figuring out what life is about is adventure. And that's, it'll take mm -hmm. you just if you just follow your curiosity, aim at something and just kind of set sail, you're no, it's the good, so the bad, it's all part of it. And yeah, exactly. Like, yes. <laughs> and then you get like, if you're in Japan, you hate it. You want to come to Colombia? You're more than welcome. I have three I'll vendors. Be there. <laughs> I think I've invited everyone from me to come visit me. <laughs> oh, I will be there. How, so how did you land on Colombia? You were in Argentina and then you went, walk walk through it a little bit so i actually started in 2018 when i quit mm. my job i started in colombia ah it is because so this is a really great reason also i do everything with really great reasoning <laughs> i was at my friend's yoga retreat and she i met her on a retreat when i was in india like in 2016 and we stayed friends ever since and she's a yoga teacher and she's very like she's so wise i'm like you just know everything yeah, I love it. She's just such a great person. And we were having a glass of wine and her retreat just finished and we were in the hot tub talking and she's like, what do you want to do with your life? What are you doing? You're living in your car, you're saving money, but you're kind of like wandering. I'm like, well, I'm going to travel. I'm going to travel. I kept saying I'm going to do it, but I didn't have like the plan. I didn't have that end thing yet. So I was lost and I was wondering. And she said, well, let's fix it. So she's like, what do you need to do? I'm like, well, I want to save a little bit more money. She's like, well, how long do you need? I said, I need about six months to save some money. At, at this point, I had, didn't have any money saved. This was like April, no, January, January, February of 20, 2018. And she's like, okay, let's, let's stop this. You need to stop saying you're going to do it and actually do it. And I'm like, but I don't want to do it. I'm scared. And she's like, yeah, but you need to get over it. We had a couple of glasses of wine and I went on my Delta app and I had Delta miles points. And I said, well, I want to spend as little as possible. I want to see how I can travel the world on as, as economical as possible so I can travel longer. And I found a ticket to Colum to Bogota, Colombia for $20 <laughs> using air miles. And I booked it and that was it. And then August, oh my God, August 20th, I got on the plane and that was the start of my three and a half year travels. So when I left Argentina, I had no, I knew that I loved Colombia and I wanted to learn Spanish. And then I decided to come back to where I started three years ago. That was so cool. <laughs> where, where else in the, tell me, just walk me through your travels. Where'd you go? What'd you do? Oh my gosh. So I started in, I started here in Colombia. I've actually traveled almost all around Colombia. I spent four months here in 2018. I went everywhere. And then I went to Ecuador. Then I went to Peru, then I went to Chile, then I went to Argentina, then I went to Uruguay. And then I basically volunteered. I did workaways all over um, 
South America. Oh, Papa's home. I did work away. I worked did a work away for a month in the Atacama Desert in Chile. Then I did a work away in a hostel in Argentina. What's a work a away? It's like a volunteer. You basically volunteer for a month, two weeks or a month, and um, they give you room and board. So this would be great also that's for what, you. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's exactly what I'm trying to do in, in Europe. Yeah. So you actually, sometimes you have to pay for your food, but you never have to pay for your bed. Mm -hmm. You work about five hours a day, Monday to Friday, or depending on whatever you want. Like the last place I was at, <laughs> oh, wait, so, and then, so I went to Japan. So from Argentina, I went to Japan. I found a work away for a month working at a ski lodge in the summer in Nasawa Onsen, Japan. It was so cool. So I basically took a, I sat in the sauna every day after work. I worked from eight to 12 and that was it. I had the whole day free. I did whatever I wanted. I did it for a month. And then, yeah, then I went to Cambodia, Thailand, Malaysia, South. Then I went, then I came home. I went to the U.S. for a few months and I went to Africa, South Africa, Botswana. That's when COVID or kind of started the pandemic. And I knew I didn't want to get stuck in South Africa. And this, at this point, I had a good job. So I wasn't volunteering because I had to work six hours a day. I was doing legal nurse consulting. And then once this the pandemic started, I got laid off because I was working for a company that was doing elective surgeries. <laughs> I was doing elective surgeries and all the hospitals shut down. So no elective surgery. So they laid us all off. And because I was an employee of California, they didn't rehire me because California taxes are so high. So, because I'm a legal resident of California still. So then I was like, well, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do? So I stayed in Argentina. Then I went to flew to Argentina because I knew it was cheaper. And uh, I just kind of hung out there and I did a work away. My favorite work away was in Patagonia. No way. It was two months. I spent no money <laughs> for two months. So it was like perfect. Wow. Yeah. So, and I, I did work so cool. for six months in Argentina during, during the pandemic. Yeah. Wow. Unreal. What big question here. What would you say is like the, the greatest thing that you learned about human beings on your travels, just the through line through traveling all around the world. Could humans? be simple. Oh, humans really want to be good. Uh, people really want to be good. And I think when we let all the stuff go away and see someone for who they are, they're really, I believe, I'm a firm believer in humanity, that he, the good in humanity will prevail. My, get, once you get rid of all the stuff and you actually touch someone's soul, that people want to be good. And you see so much online about like, this is bad, this is bad. But you, if you go to see the good in someone, you will see the good in someone. I think that, I don't know, um, believer, community, humanity, I think it's all, all there. So the people are good. I love it. That's, <laughs> that's a great place to wrap up because I feel the exact same way. Like, you know, we read about things online of just the finger pointing and us versus them. but. Once you actually get out there, you're talking to people, people want to be good. Nobody wants to be bad. We're all just afraid and we're holding on to beliefs and, but we want to help each other. We want to be good. And I think this, this time in history is going to 
kind of reshape everything and already has and it's pretty wild to be alive <laughs> yeah I, I think and I also think it's like with the whole great resignation of everybody quitting I think it's a, a whole new way of the world it's going to there's a shift happening for sure and it's a, what how the shift is going to affect you is depending on who you how you are already like do you see the good or do you want to see the bad because I don't know. Like, do you want to take chance on yourself or do you want to stay stuck? So, mm -hmm. so you're like, this is the perfect for you. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. I, this is just like, <laughs> beyond the podcast, this is just a good conversation. <laughs> it's so interesting. And, oh man, we could talk all day, but thank you so much for doing this. Um, I want to keep it to a little bit under an hour, but it's been so cool to talk to you. And honestly, your, your articles online are so inspiring and exactly what I'm going through and countless others, I'm sure who relate with what you're doing and keep, keep doing it, keep inspiring. And I, I thank you. And I, I'm just glad to do this and be on the journey together. Thank you so much. I had a great time and you like made me not nervous. So oh, <laughs> I don't ramble too much. So thank you very much. Yeah. No message me or anything. If you have questions or you need advice, whatever. Yeah. Will do. I'm coming to Columbia. So Yes, come to Columbia. I have my extra room. Everyone's invited. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank All you right, so, so much. Thank you. Ciao. Bye.